Hey, what's up? It's James. And teacher. We just want to tell you a few ways that you can support us. Financially. That's right. You can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash show. Inside the Patreon, you can find a few different packages. You got everything from like a dollar all the way up to $5,000. You know, like if you're business, you want to do some advertising, you want to be a guest on the show or something like that. But you know what? We appreciate any way you guys would like to support us. This is just another way of doing it. Or access the shop at lastreart.gallery. Check out the shop as I'm a teacher's original artwork, some stickers, and also other merch coming at you from some of the guests on our show. Thank you very much. Peace. Peace. You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. L.A. Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of L.A. Street Art Gallery, James Chen of... Episode 178. What's going on, bro? You hear me okay? Hey, man. What's that? You hear me okay? Yeah? Yeah, yeah, you got me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sound great, man. You sound great. I did get you a new headset that I haven't delivered to you because, you know, we've both been busy. Um, It's going to be like one of those, like, things directly right by your mouth. So maybe your sound quality will even improve a little bit more. But first and foremost, man, um, happy Chinese New Year, bro. It's the year of the tiger. You know, oh, I mean, sweet. I, yeah. Happy New Year, dude. Oh, look at my, that shirt. I got my red on shirt, today. Uh, look at this. Cornbread legend in red, bro. And the reason I'm wearing this shirt, obviously, first, because, you know, we had our boy Cornbread, Mr. Cornbread, the legend on. And, uh, you know, finally, the shirts got to me and I wanted to just show off uh, our my red and gold um, because of Chinese New Year. And uh, I also have our uh, shirts that we got for our Patreon patrons. You know, shout out to Melissa for signing up. And uh, this beautiful cornbread shirt is going out to you. What? No, I want that one. That one's mine. No. You know, cornbread tagged the elephant. We got that on the shirt basically right here. We got these ones, uh, the red one. We got the blue one. This one's going out to uh, Tamara and Mike, basically. You know, thank you guys for supporting us. And... Uh, our other patrons, you know, they get their stickers and uh, it's just a good little time to plug the uh, Patreon. You, you know what I mean? We really appreciate. Whatever. Dude, where's mine? You got one. Don't worry. You got one. <laughs> <laughs> this black one right here. This black one's right there. You go. This black one right here is for you, bro. So uh, nice. I got you. We take care of all our people. You, you, you know what I mean? Nice. Um, yeah. You know, these are just the little benefits that, uh, you know, if you join our Patreon, you know, we really appreciate the support and we give back to our uh, Patreon patrons by sending them little gifts and uh, little art things and stickers. Teach, you were holding up an uh, art piece during the intro, right? Well, this is uh, this is actually from uh, our old buddy uh, FM3, uh, Franklin Marshall. Oh, no um, shit. <laughs> dude, listen, I, I, let's see if it still works. that was cyrus (laughs) well first of all speaking of cyrus Cyrus, you know i do a show with cyrus and domo um called after hours basically too right it's a little sideshow of this show and uh, people seem to really dig it we talk about little like you know a little bit more sexier a little sexier topics right so um after hours (laughs) 
Yeah, and TG, you ever want to join it's that? Like paint the town after midnight. <laughs> if you're not going out, you know, pacing street art, you know, you might be uh, listening to Paint the Town After Hours, right? So, um, you know, it's a different show. We kind of like maybe after you get back from doing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're still down. wide awake. You're like, oh my god, I'm so jacked up from being out, and that cop saw me. Oh my god. There you go. Listen to uh, After Hours. These guys. Yeah, man. So, I mean. You know, we try to keep you guys entertained, man. And uh, again, thank you for just supporting us. And, uh, you know, we try to give you guys shows as much as we can. So just thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. If you want to email us anything at all, if you want to get in contact with us, email us at pctpshow at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, we love your comments. We love your feedback. And um, Teach, I know it's been a little bit since we had a last show. You've been working on some art pieces, right? Um, <laughs> Yes, I have. I've, um, well, um, I guess I could just cut to the short of it. Would you like to see my balls? <laughs> Let's see. It. Baseballs, excuse me. I mean, we're all grown ups here. We're, we're not on after hours right now. Okay. That, that's something that doesn't <laughs> yeah. like. Well, talking. you know, you got me, um, got my mind mixed up all there and everything. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I decided to try working with um, oil paints on the uh, on the baseballs, and so uh, this right here is Stan Musial, and um, that uh, that that's actually the first one that I did in uh, in oil. The other two I did with uh, I started off with pencil and then did um, sharpie over that um this yeah, one i started off with pencil and then finished with the uh with the oil paints and some <laughs> tiny tiny brushes uh let me bring up the and, process right here real quick because uh oh yeah that's right look at that right there there you go i mean how long did this take you it's kind of in fa like fast forward mode you, you know what i mean it like yeah it, it pretty much takes um about uh six seven hours or so if I can um, manage to get that amount of time to <laughs> start and finish it. Well, dude, um, you gotta, I see you're, you're using a magnifying glass to, to like draw on the baseball. That's kind of cool because it reminds me of like when you have to draw on the rice, you know what I mean? And they're like doing the magnifying glass, right? <laughs> That's amazing. Dude, I could bro. not imagine doing something on the fucking rice. You'd have to have a, like a microscope or some shit. Um, but uh, yeah, I need to get a better um set up with the magnifying glass so that I, I know there's like a desk mount thing you can just pull around or something like that because holding the, the the magnifying glass and holding the ball and holding the uh the brushes gets to be a bit much but um so yeah so i did that one and then uh you know i got uh hank aaron here um those of you who are uh, listening i'm basically just showing the uh, the baseball that has hank aaron on it and then um now this one um, was actually I got in touch with uh, your buddy Dave Oliver in uh, in Atlanta with the uh, with the trading cards. Dave's you know? sports cards, yeah, man. Yeah, and Shout you know Dave. I was like, hey, you know, you think of these things like, well, you know, you should maybe try to do someone who's still alive, you know, and then get them to sign it. And he's <laughs> like, uh, like Trout. He said, Trout. You know who Trout is? Mike Rob. Trout. Yeah, yeah, Mike Trout. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, you know, um, 
Do you uh, do you know that a trout is also a uh, a fish? <coughs> yeah, I did know that. Do you know what a what a trout looks like? I mean, not in particular. I can Google it up real quick. I mean, it looks like kind of. Here, like let a me save you some time. Or... Um, so this is <laughs> this is Mike, uh, the trout. Oh, I like that. I like that. I like that. Number twenty-seven. Um, for those of you who are just listening, I basically painted a uh, a trout on the baseball and with a with an angel's hat on in the number 27 which is mike trout's number so i guess in order to really appreciate the humor with this um you'd have to i guess like baseball and know what trout's look you know that <laughs> this is a trout you know i realize so, i'm like i think i I've very eaten, niche uh <laughs> humor i think i've eaten rainbow trout right that, that that's that's trout basically that, Dude, that's like most popular. trout is good speckled trout rainbow trout yeah there's some, some really good but here's uh, here's the the actual uh, Mike Trout right there. <laughs> nice, bro. Like, I, <laughs> man, it's been a while since I've seen you, man. Seriously, you've been drawing. I've been in. doing things, you know. I've been keeping busy. You know, if I don't keep busy, bad things happen. But here's the thing, you know, if you're gonna do uh, Mike Trout, you know, of the Los Angeles Anaheim Angels, you you really kind of gotta do you know, uh, Mookie Betts, because uh, Mookie Betts is on the Los Angeles Dodgers, you know, and if, you know, since I'm living in Los Angeles, I, I can't just be doing someone from, from one team, you know what I mean? So here's, here's Mookie Betts. Um, and uh, yeah, so I don't know. Um, you know, maybe I'll do Cody Bellinger next or something like that. But uh, I actually got in touch with the Angels. Uh, called them up with this number from the from the internet <laughs> on Saturday. And You're just like four one one. Can I can I talk to the Angels? And they're like, let me put you through. <laughs> no, 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 no. I got on the internet and I looked up the you know they have a website you know the Angels website or whatever. And I forget what the hell route that I took, but I ended up with the number. And I called it and, it, you know, I was on a, I'm special, you know, I'm expecting to hear a, um, a recording or some shit like that, you know, but this girl answers the phone. I'm like, she's whoa, like, hi. She's like, uh, Anaheim Angels. How can I yeah. help you? Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. And so I said, um, I'm an artist and I did a painting of Mike Trout on a baseball and I wanted to try to see if I could get him to sign it. What's the best way to go about doing that? You know, it's, what the hell, you know? Yeah. And she's like, well, you know, probably come down and to the stadium, you know, and during practice or a game or something like that, you know, and ask them. <laughs> I'm like, wow, okay. She says, but you know, with COVID uh, precautions, and now you can't really do that, so you'd probably have to send it in. And she said, and they're not here right now; they're in spring training, which is in Arizona, but they'll be in back here in April. And um, I'm like, so if I if I send this thing to you. You know, it's uh, you know, kind of a uh, one of a <laughs> one of a kind type of thing here. You know, I gotta be really yeah. careful. I'm probably gonna call her back and see if I can actually drive it down there myself because to put this thing in the mail, I've you know I've had things lost in the mail before, dude. I don't want to lose this thing in the fucking mail. But um, so yeah, there's an actual chance I might be able to get you know not only uh, Mike Trout, but I mean if that's if it's that easy to get him to sign it, then maybe I can get Mookie Betts to uh, to sign that one. So. Nice man, nice man. 
um that's cool man I'm, I'm glad you're reaching out you know making art and street art it's good like exercise it. it's good yeah. exercise for the uh you know for the eyes and, and the eye hand coordination and everything yeah man hey uh, you what know, have you been so, up to well you know i went to a uh have you heard of studio ghibli studio i'm sorry what <laughs> studio ghibli or hayao miyazaki have you heard of that Anyways, I'm not really into it either, you know what I mean? But um, I, I I thought it's super cool, and I should bring it up, because at the Academy Museum in downtown L.A., um, they have this kind of special exhibit going on of this uh, uh, one Japanese animator. Um, his name is Hayao Miyazaki. And, um, you know, I actually really enjoyed it. If you if you, there's a uh, let me just Google him so I can show you, um, you know, they, he did a movie called Spirited Away, basically um let's see here never heard of it now let me show you let me show you like uh some of the art and maybe because i'm not really an, an anime guy either you know what i mean but um this guy's like his art's my son much. is my son is big yeah time you know i anime. feel like a lot of the a lot of the kids the younger generation it's a given that they're into anime so um, anyways there's this movie <laughs> called spirited away there was also he has a uh, a character called totoro um maybe you've seen this before uh like this 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 gray guy this kind of furry beast kind of thing have you seen this guy before Beach? yes i have okay so uh, i mean <laughs> you know you know it, it's kind of it's kind of famous and uh it had this art exhibit in terms of uh um uh, all the different all the different uh animations and it had so many different uh rooms and all these different movies it's kind of like japan's like disney i, I guess you would say you, you know what i mean huh. and and Good way uh, of explaining know, it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got to just go to this and I realized it's just like how much uh, work it is to just like create an animation, man, because it showed all his rough sketches. And then it kind of showed like how these thoughts and ideas turned into uh, movies pretty much, you, you know, and it's all out of the, like one guy's uh, imagination. And, uh, you know, he has a team of people, obviously, to like do this. But, uh, you know, I had some friends that are some really cool images yeah interested in checking this stuff out and i was just like man I, I just figured i was like hey man um did you you know i was more used to like um you know di i did watch disney cartoons but like what what kind of cartoons did you watch growing up teach i mean like were, were you watching like disney stuff or bugs bunny or what, what were bugs bugs elmer yeah. fudd you know the um daffy duck the tom and jerry yeah what about what about like a little uh, bit road runner you know basically people trying to kill each other blow each other up <laughs> people don't know because it's like our the cartoons that we used to watch and i feel like i was like watching those same cartoons too those were made by like world war ii veterans they didn't have any jobs coming back they're like well we'll make you an animator and you can you can draw things for kids like you know I mean, you're, you're good at drawing right so they're like well we just got back from the war and we were blowing up stuff let's draw that with cartoon characters you, you know right so uh, cartoons have really changed these days and i think like uh especially the anime culture it's just it was so cool man so if you have you know if you happen to go uh want to go check that out the uh hayao miyazaki art exhibit in the academy uh, museum in downtown los angeles uh, right by the lacma beautiful museum and even if you're not into anime uh you know i i really really enjoyed it even though i'm not super into it like you know my favorite cartoons were more like adult cartoons not like the adult porn man I'm, I'm talking about like simpsons hey, you know it's i'm not a hater i, I don't uh, discriminate it's everyone has their own little thing you know 
but like I like Simpsons and like uh, King of the Hill. Did you watch that stuff, Teach? Like that, that kind of stuff, or was that? I did watch some Simpsons way back in the day. Yes, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, by the time King of the Hill came around, I was already too busy. Yeah, yeah, I figure you, you know what I mean. You, you, but uh, you know, those are like my, my cartoons, and actually, still, I still watch an episode of King of the Hill every night before I go to bed, man. And really, you know, yeah, you didn't know that, and you know what? Guess no. What? They're bringing it back too, King of the Hill. What? So it makes me like so happy. Yeah. New episodes. New episodes because there was 13 oh, wow. seasons of King of the Hill. Okay. And then all of a sudden, uh, they just gave like Family Guy like three shows. It, you know, it became like the Family Guy, Cleveland Show, American Dad. And they kind of just canceled King of the Hill. And we never even got a fucking last episode or anything, man. Like, you know, Mike, Mike Judge is like, the creator of Beavis and Butthead, King of the Hill, you know what I mean? Like uh, people like, you know, Daria is an offshoot of uh, Beavis and Butthead, right? So it's like, you know, I always felt it's like, man, this is like a like an Americana slice of life kind of show, you know what I mean? And it just sucks that um, it never got a, you know, even a final final goodbye, man. It's fucked up, you, you know what I mean? So I guess it's because, you know, they're going to bring it back, man. So that gives me like so much uh joy that uh you know things i like like you know they get, I come get it man yeah. interesting yeah oh man. you know what um before i forget check out my uh shirt oh uh, kiosk. yes it's a badass shirt isn't it we should have kiosk <laughs> on man i mean you know I, yeah i, I think i like... talked to him about it at some point he's like i can't imagine having what i would want to talk about i'm like dude you don't have to worry about it <laughs> we <laughs> we pull it out of you believe it or not yeah, Kiosk is a former developed capabilities of being able to do that. You know? So, <laughs> you know what? Actually, now that I'm talking about that, you know, for those of you who are out there who are concerned that would, you know, would like to actually be on here, but, you know, are afraid you might not uh, have anything to talk about or something like that. Um, no, nah, you know, <laughs> this is this is what we do. You know, we are able to kind of pull it out of you. Um, at least, you know most of it there's you know what you don't want is to to pull out and if it gets pulled out we we actually edit we do edit stuff out for people sometimes because wow we've had some crazy stuff (laughs) (laughs) okay a few things i wanted to uh um talk oh yeah i also watched the bob ross documentary um you know the bob you know bob ross is right oh two totally absolutely happy little trees right draw one of these yeah what you know that that's very your your time period right teach growing up like that was going on yeah. right i mean yeah dude did he, you that watch was, that um i watched parts of a few episodes you know and i kind of got it you know like I, I was like okay well that's how you do that i <laughs> don't have any kind of interest in doing that but that's how you do that. Okay, got it. And in, boy, look at this guy's hair. And he really seems to be in a great mood all the time. Um, good for him. You know, that's that's my honest, you know, thoughts that I had about him when uh, when he was around. Um, but uh, no, I mean, interesting and great guy, you know, to I mean, forget how many of those shows that he did. Does it say how many shows did he do? I don't know how many shows that he did, but basically it was really interesting because um, the story of what, you know, you see a whole bunch of Bob Ross products right now. Right. 
um in, in the you know in the art store there's like bob ross crayons bob, bob ross like small canvas or whatever so there's like like a controversy of actually like who is uh because he was partners with this one couple basically and uh you know i highly recommend the documentary because um no, we have a guest, but um, I highly recommend the documentary because it's just like the story. You would never imagine that there'd be so much drama behind Bob Ross. Like, you, you know <laughs> what I mean? But it's just like, I don't know. There's more than meets the eye than just happy little trees. You know what I mean? And there's like, oh, I know, whole, I know, you know, and uh, if you get a chance to watch it. But I, I don't want to keep our guest waiting too long because, nah, uh, you know, he's all the way from Australia today, man. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go ahead and let him in. Welcome, Chris. How you doing, brother? Good, mate. How are you guys? Oh man, thank Good, you. Good. It's been so, it's been uh, so challenging to coordinate time here, time uh, time zones, man. But uh, you know, we're so happy to have you on the show. Uh, well, you know, it's it's usually a little bit easier if we just, you know, if we have someone that doesn't have any family or anything, other things that they have to worry about, you know. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, no, definitely. Like Good. most typical street artists or whatever, but, you know, like myself, <laughs> I have family and, and you have family as well, Chris. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today, man. I uh, really appreciate it. Now, for those of you who are not watching, um, you don't actually get to see what Chris looks like. I got to tell you, he looks a little bit like maybe Justin Timberlake from the eyes up. Um, but good looking dude, man. The, good looking uh, dude. <laughs> from the bandana down, uh, no idea, you know. I'll keep it that way then because uh, <laughs> it so sounds better from the top up. So, <laughs> <laughs> but no, thanks for having me on the show, guys. I've, I've been looking forward to it. Dude, thank you for again. I'm, I'm so happy to finally get you on, man. And uh, thank you for coordinating with us again. Where are you joining us today from, brother? I'm in Sydney, Australia at the moment. Um, you might be our first here. guest from actually in Australia. I mean, we've had Australians on, but we sure. haven't had, uh, you, know, you know, guests who are actually in Australia when they were on the show. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> that, that, that makes sense. Hence the, the time difference challenges. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, definitely, man. So, uh, I mean, you guys are, you know, still going through, we're still going through, if you're listening from the future, we're still going through COVID-19 lockdown right yes. now. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then... Uh, you know, Australia, at least from an American's point of view, we always hear crazy things going on in Australia about lockdown. So I'm so happy to have you at first hand to get some like, you know, first person uh, sure. you know, news, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've actually in Australia, it's been a bit different, I suppose, from elsewhere in the world. It was sort of a, it was called Fortress Australia for a little while there because um, we, we just couldn't leave. We just were completely locked out from the world pretty much um mm. even even expats who were trying to get back couldn't get back in because they had limited flights etc um so it has been a bit weird considering i usually like traveling a hell of a lot um, mm. it was a bit of a, a change for me and usually you know i go over state so i go to miami for basil and uh la um meet up with friends there in new york um at least a couple of times a year um it was a bit of a, an adjustment uh for me um, but saying that, you know, we've got uh, we've had very little deaths and, and cases compared to a lot of other parts of the world, um, especially where, where you guys are at. Um, <laughs> well, Australians naturally are just, you know, strong and strong willed people. You know what I mean? Like, 
Well, they I mean, can take a hell of a lot more punishment than uh, than Americans, that's for sure. <laughs> well, I, I, I know, know one thing. That, <laughs> one thing that I know is that Australian. I mean, from American standpoint, you know, they're a prisoner colony before. Uh, you, you know what I mean? For uh, for some reason, I feel like that's the reason why like everybody's so good looking in Australia. It's like there's no ugly criminals are usually sexy people. I think you, you, you know what I mean. So like you know, yeah. send them all over there to one. Wait, where where did you grow up? Where did you grow up in Australia? I, I grew up in a small country town actually, um, called Tamworth, which not many people would have heard of. Um, but yeah, it's sort of like six hours north of, of Sydney. Um, oh my gosh, okay. Seven hours south of, of Brisbane. So I didn't grow up in a city at all. I grew up in a small country town, um, which was interesting. But yeah, I sort of went to the extreme because uh, since then I've, you know, lived in pretty big cities like London and Bogota and Colombia um, and now Sydney. Um, I only actually got back to Australia five years ago. Um, so yeah, I spent uh, like eight or nine years in Colombia before that and then another nine years in the UK as well um, Columbia man that's cool man but yeah, for- no. so where did where did the uh, the art uh, influence come along when did that start well I've always been into art because both my parents were artists um my okay. mother did a lot of more traditional sort of uh, uh watercolor drawing etc my father was more into ceramics uh, doing a lot of figurines and clay stuff. So I, I grew up always with art around me, which was terrific. And my mother did art classes uh, in the local town. So, yeah, I, I grew up just learning a lot of art. I loved art. Um, but then when I was leaving school, I was like, awesome, I want to do art. And they were going, uh, do you realize what the average salary for an artist is? And they <laughs> sound like me talking to my daughter. Daddy, I want to be an artist. I'm like, yeah. I was like, oh, you can do okay. art, but. Mm. <laughs> so luckily I was interested in a lot of other stuff. So I'm interested in the sciences as well and health. So, um, I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't. And I, I sort of didn't like the idea of having to rely on my art as a, as, as a you know, money uh, stream. So I sort of liked it's the smart, idea. smart, man. It's a smart thing. Yeah, yeah. Because then you're not forced into positions where you're having to sell out at all. So um, yes. ended up doing actual uh, physiotherapy or physical therapy, I think you call it over there. Yeah. Um, so I also work in the healthcare system, which has been interesting. Uh, oh my god during this time um so wow. yeah i've seen a sort of a different side of the covid situation than a lot of other people do i think it must Oof. be quite bizarre for a lot of people because you know you tend to see it through the eye of social media and and the news um which can be distorted in its own own light um but when mm. you're actually you know in full ppe sweating your ass off um you know treating patients and seeing people die and and all that sort of thing. It's another sort of extreme viewpoint. Um, so, for yeah. how many hours a day? Uh, luckily, because I'm a physio, I feel more sorry for the nurses because they tend to be in PP for you know a good four hours and they can't go to the toilet, can't drink, um, and you know they have a break wow. and then they're back in there for another four hours. So, luckily, I tend to just sort of get um, donned up with PP and, and then see the patients and then are able to get back out. Um, but you, you know, you're wearing N95 masks all day and goggles and things like that. Um, not complaining; it's uh, part of the job. Um, but and yeah, plus when, you're a lot closer to the actual yeah um, yeah the virus. Yeah, yeah. Like, amazingly, I haven't got it. So um, my wife wow. had it a couple of weeks ago, and she was uh, she was you know completely asymptomatic. But you know, I'm triple vaxxed, and my family's vaccinated and everything. So me too. We probably shouldn't go there because it's a very uh, 
bit of a controversial subject. Um, oh, you know what? That's what we like to talk about. You know what? I actually wanted to talk about this earlier, James, but I forgot. Um, you know, because uh, we, you know, we're, we're, we're a bit of fans of, of Joe Rogan's, you know, and mm. um, but I can't be uh, supportive of what's been yeah. going on with the with this COVID misinformation, dude. I mean, it's, I think I understand. He says he's not a doctor and everything, but he has to understand the kind of influence that he has. Oh, massive! And you know, when when you bring people on and then you don't bring someone else on to balance it out, then you're sending a message one direction. And when we're having struggles with that shit, I mean, how do you feel about that, Chris? What do you think about Joe? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think people who aren't sort of educated in the health field or, you know, experts should be sort of using huge platforms to influence people because uh, ultimately it means people's lives. So I think you should sort of leave that to the scientists and the researchers and, and doctors really. Um, you know, right. if I break my leg or if I, you know, if I need surgery. I mean, I get he, he's wanting to try to explore all yeah, different kinds yeah. of information. You know, I, I understand well, that. Yeah. What do you think, James? I James? think like, um, see, look, I'm a, I'm a see, the thing for me with my relationship with the Joe Rogan podcast, I've literally been listening since like episode seven because uh mm. it's just like <clears throat> um so like to me it wasn't like hey uh i a, a lot of things i like aren't very popular <laughs> and, and then yeah. the thing is like and then uh, for some reason this is one of the things that i like that became super popular okay okay yeah. so at the beginning rogan was a, a show that i could not get any of my friends to listen to if i begged them They're like you know i mean they would have like amazing guests and i would talk to them and be like, hey, can you want to listen to this? Uh, it, it's so it's it's so informative and uh, you know interesting, and they have an open platform of long, three hour discussion, and sure. uh, you know what it's become is like this platform that gets more views than the news. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because uh, eleven million uh, watchers, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, first of all, I think um, just like uh, from my point of view, like. It's weird when the mainstream starts picking up on things that you really like and it's, it just becomes like a different thing. First of all, that's kind of my comments. But secondly, um, I, you know, I do literally try to peep skim through or at least um, keep on updating on all of the current episodes coming out. And one of the the thing is that he's had, uh, you know, one of the inventors who guys who holds the patent of the mRNA vaccine on his podcast, actually, Dr. Malone, Doc, Dr. Malone. No, no, no. no. Uh, the other guy. Let me see. Let me just. Oh, look, look, yeah, I can't. Yeah, I know the other guy. Uh, yeah, the other guy. Uh, Dr. Robert Malone, too. But you're right. You, you're, yeah. you're right. You're right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the thing is, like, I think that um, this guy definitely has some credibility and understanding. And I think that really, from my point of view, it wasn't so much like, hey, the vaccine doesn't work or vaccine is just like not, um, you know, you know, it's like anti-vax or something like that. It's more just like deeper discussion of like what's going on. And I think there's mm -hmm. some things like, for example, like at the beginning, if there was if somebody said, hey, masks don't work, cloth masks don't work, like people would be like, dude, this guy's a anti-masker, <laughs> you know, yeah. start, and, and yeah. then now there's the study that says, hey, cloth masks don't work 
that's what the CDC yeah. says. You, you know, I'm, so this information is constantly changing. So the thing is, like, when when you take like sound bites and clips and turn them into headlines and say like, hey, this is anti uh, or misinformative, you, you know what I mean? The thing is, like, these are just open platforms of discussion, actually. Mm. And the thing, what what the the media is trying to do is it takes these little clicks and snippets and saying, look, Rogan is anti-vax. And the thing is like, he's, he didn't take the vaccine himself and I, I can go into the reasons why, but the point is his, his own parents did, his family did. Like yeah, he's not sure. anti-vax actually. He's just kind yeah. of like, is saying like, hey, we want, we think that maybe there's something a little bit different than the, the mainstream news narrative, like, hey, masks work and things like, let's discuss it. And yeah, uh, I think it, it's important to have a balanced sort of viewpoint and and have I mean, and hear the other side as well for sure. Yeah, I mean the other side from for me, I keep pay it. I pay it. I watch Good Morning America every day just to just to know what the mainstream is talking about or what the narrative sure. is pushing. And then I also listen to Rogan's podcast as well too. So for me, I do have a fair balance. You, you know what I mean? And uh, I think it's very commendable of Joe to say that he's going to try to make it more balanced on his show. Because not every yeah. some people are just like, whatever you say, Rogan is fucking law, man. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's yeah. what I'm like, talking about. That's the problem. Yeah, he understands that it's just like he has that type of influence. And not everybody is like me who checks out the mainstream narrative, checks out, you know, this podcast narrative. Not everybody has the time to do all it's good that. good enough for Joe. It's good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, personally. Personally, I, I I would say wait to what the Paper Town podcast narrative is before, yeah. like, you, you, you know what I mean? Sounds <laughs> great. So, <laughs> let's, so, I mean, face, let's face it, also with the, the the huge mismanagement, like on a government level and like even in the hospitals, we're tell, told one thing one day and it changes the next. And it, yeah. it, it's all got to do with a lot of politics as well. You know, one one day this mask is better than the other <laughs> and then, oh, we're running out of those masks, so we've got to. <laughs> stop using those masks as you know sometimes there isn't a science behind the decisions that are being made yeah um, especially yeah. when it comes to politics as well um so i think that comes into play and and that tends to cause a lot of um mistrust as well so then they start you know looking for reasons of why that that is occurring um so I think, yeah I, I, th I think it's just important that the information is all out there and then people mm. can sort of learn but <clears throat> i think there's a lot of uh people I, it drives me insane now that everyone's like an expert researcher um and you know <laughs> I, I, I studied a science but, degree and yeah, I we know what back in the day that's how <laughs> everyone ended up taking everyone took the vaccine because there was no way to get the access to information that people can get yeah. nowadays. So people just took the word for it and went and took the vaccine. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. James, what are you going to no, say? You're, you're good. You're good. And I, I, I love this like open narrative, how we can all be cordial and polite and discuss just, just our opinions without sure. feeling like, you, you know what I mean? I think that that's what people yeah, need more. People have so much yeah. like recreational outrage. And I said this at the beginning of the pandemic, man, there's recreational a outrage. <laughs> there's a, <laughs> There's a way when you discuss something with one person, how you discuss it. Very a way uh, when accurate. You when you discuss it with a whole uh, family, how you discuss it. It's a little bit different. Oh. If you discuss it with a whole country, you, you might need to just like discuss it in a different way every single time. You, you know what I mean? So it's just like, Definitely. I think especially these podcasts are like one-on-one -on -one conversations. It's like, it's a very long form and to take it just like a snippet and kind of like make a headline out of it. That's what the media loves to do. And then they get a bunch of clicks. You, you know what I mean? So 
I mean, at the end of the day, for me, it's a highly sensitive topic because I definitely felt like misled by the media because I felt like, oh, dude, get the vaccine. We'll be good. And then I can travel everywhere. But then I got the vaccine and I had a fucking horrible reaction to it. You know, what I mean, I literally like I, I was like so gung ho vaccine, man. Like, you know, what I mean, mm. and I was like, I wish somebody would have just told me that, like, it's possible to have like this bad of a reaction. Like, yeah. I just wanted to know, no, no. like, you know what I mean? I was like Eric Clapton. It was like, like, you know, my fingers could move and shit like that. And then it's like, yeah. And it's like, I took the vaccine. Now people are saying, are you anti-vax? I'm like, I took the vaccine, guys. I'm just like, yeah. I just wanted to know like a little bit better information. I think like this sure. whole like, oh, the media narrative is correct. It's like the media narrative has changed. Well, you know what? You're actually a good example of why people can't just listen to one. There's not one solution. Yep. There's so many different body types, you yeah, know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think when you have that many different body types, there's no real one solution. Yeah, I actually was, um, I actually got, uh, I volunteered to actually, because they're having, you know, issues with getting the vaccine out, because our government actually was a bit slow on the whole vaccine front initially. <laughs> um, our government sort of plays catch up every every six months. Like I said, the uh, Aussies, man, they're like, oh, we'll be all right, you know. Yeah, just no, well, we're, we're, we're all closed up anyway, so we just well, had, my, like, my arm fell zero off, cases the shot. for so long. And then they're like, oh, shit, maybe we should get the vaccine, <laughs> get the vaccine on board. And so we hardly anyone could actually get it because there was no supplies um so then there was a push for getting it getting it in arms so I, I volunteered to do it and when I had the vaccine I you know was fine the first shot second shot felt a bit crappy definitely a bit crappy for you know a day or two um so I'd tell people I'd say look you know probably should have a day off the next day because uh, most people do feel a bit crappy um but I suppose the thing is yeah when in because I get such an extreme view in the hospital you're getting the sick of, of the sick so you're sort of seeing these people who are like no go oh, yeah but you know yeah, there's only a one or two percent or something a chance of dying of COVID and I'm like well yeah I'm seeing you know a lot of them um so when you're seeing that again you get a distorted sort of perception of how dangerous it is so you do find people in hospitals are more probably scared of it um because they're seeing it day in day out because you can just be that unlucky um one or two percent that you know uh reacts in it in a bad way um but yeah no we're going through the uh, this omicron wave um which is uh been interesting um the, the problem is here is the, the the governments um haven't really invested a huge amount in terms of uh the the hospital system the staffing they just didn't really foresee the staff shortages it was like you know let it rip and then i was like so everyone got it, it was a sheer numbers even though omicron was less severe in terms of hospitalizations percentage wise but if you're getting you know a hundred times more people actually catching it uh, that's going to cause a huge influx of, you know, patients and admissions. And then, you know, half the staff are going to get it and then they have to isolate. Um, so a lot of the, you know, a lot of the wards and stuff had to close because there weren't any staff to, to actually see people, um, uh, to treat them. Um, so it was a bit crazy, but at least it's sort of settling down now. Yep. To be honest, I'm a bit over it all and I just want to, <laughs> I just want to yeah. get back out and travel and paint again. Um, I hear you, man. I hear you. Speaking of which, so you said you've been doing artwork all your life. When, when did you start putting artwork on the street? On the street, um, well, that was when, because I was in the UK and I was um, basically doing a lot of travel and I, I do some locum work in hospitals there and then travel 
you know, work six months, travel for six months. And um, when, I, when I was in the UK, I started seeing, you know, it's a classic cliche of, you know, Banksy. I saw his stuff sort of uh, going up and he was getting quite big at the time. So, you know, you'd, you'd see his work and he'd get so much attention. So I was doing a lot of photography of that. Um, and that sort of got me interested in street art um, pretty seriously. So wait sure. a second, you actually, you did you see Banksy pieces like in person? Oh yeah, lo yeah, loads. Because I was traveling around the UK because I was doing a lot of rock climbing yeah. and mountain biking. So you know, I'd go to, um, you know, um, go all around London and north and all, all over the place. Um, and so you, you'd see, and I'd go act actually out to try to find them as well. Um, and even if you're in London now, you'll see them because they're on top of buildings and stuff. They're still still around uh, quite a lot. So um, just loved. I sort of got into that sort of you know political satire type stencil art and. Um, then I'd always be looking for it whenever I went to different cities around the world. Uh, and then I started playing around doing stencils myself. Um, but it wasn't until I actually moved to Colombia, because um, I was a bit of a late bloomer street art wise. Um, Me too. Lot yeah, of, yeah. Lot of, a lot of street <laughs> art in Bogota, definitely. Right? Yeah, it's, it's just amazing. Like for me personally, I, I Bogota and just around Colombia itself has is just so prolific um, with graph and street art um, that just inspired me to to get stuck into it. And it was actually a Canadian graffiti writer, um, OPEC, who uh, got me into it. He was just like, "Oh, just come out to just you know, we'll just go out bombing and went you out there and on the show, man." Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll let him know and I'll, I'll give you guys his details. Um, but yeah, he took me out and we just, and it's pretty crazy over there because um, at the time, the laws had changed quite a bit, but at the time it wasn't actually uh, technically illegal over there um, to, to paint. So you wouldn't get, you couldn't get arrested for it. Um, so, you know, you'd, you know, usually you'd be paying like a bribe, basically. Um, <laughs> I, I, I've even had um, police ask me, oh, do you have any black, any black spray paint so they could touch up their motorbikes? Uh, <laughs> 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 they'd see me on the street painting and they go, oh, Columbia, do you have any black colour? And they'd sort of touch up, you know, their, their wheels and stuff like that <laughs> with the spray paint. Um, so, yeah, it was very different over there in terms of legality. Obviously, there's other dangers um, uh, over there but yeah um, yeah oh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you right now Columbia, i've been to a lot of places for me bogota was i just felt it in the air man like it was like kind yeah. of a dangerous place man. like yeah you, you know what i mean yeah um but no i loved it um my wife's colombian i i met her there oh, nice. um, many years ago and um basically went back there to live there and uh started doing a lot of street art there and then it got me hooked and there was no going back um so can i, and can it I was, pull up uh i have i just want to pull up this one that you did like in 2017 but it's a little uh foreshadowing i think right basically the, the, oh yeah dude that was even before this yeah, shit all went down can you explain a little bit about this piece man yeah, well, I, I love um, Star Wars, so I always sort of play Star Wars into little political, um, socio-political pieces. So I, I created this Death Star, and I called it the Corporate Death Star. Um, and I put all as many of these corporate symbols in there as uh, as I could. I think Trump's in there as well before he became president as well. I think it's sort of down on the left a bit. Um, and yeah, so I Thomas here. 
<laughs> so, you know the whole pharmaceutical company side of things and uh, uh yeah so i it was the sort of the dark side of the world the corporate side um and i actually had some uh some of the rebel ships sort of coming in to sort of save the day um and there was some like uh some uber sort of tie fighters and stuff like that uh, so, um, but yeah who would have known that a lot of those companies would have become uh so so uh renowned worldwide in terms of the the, the, the pandemic and also trump's presidency as well um, Dude, that looks awesome yeah beautiful man definitely beautiful man uh, and like i said teach that now is that, no that's a stencil right yeah yeah that's a stencil yep um how many so, pieces did you like piece that together or how the fuck did you yeah I, I usually would piece it together but that's just one big piece of uh, i think it's two sheets of, of how long did it take you to cut that approximately <clears throat> it, did, it did take a while to cut that one um because yeah that <sighs> some of the ones i do now i do some laser stuff now because funnily enough talking about dangerous things i did get stabbed in the hand when i was in Colombia. so my oh. Like back up. Wait, 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 we got, how did you just stab? <laughs> you said that so casually. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Can we? Can you, can you tell us about so, that one? No, I, I got a bit overconfident. Obviously, over there, there is a lot of petty crime. There is, you know, there's a huge um, proportion of the population who are pretty poor, uh, and there has been civil wars and a lot of. Um, you know, the longer civil war in the world was there for a long period of time before the peace process. So there's a lot of these uh, decommissioned sort of paramilitaries and other people that have uh, who've sort of gone, have given up the up arms, but then they haven't found work and then they've got into crime. Anyway, I got a bit overconfident because I hadn't been properly robbed over there for like five years. So I started, you know, running around like taking getting my it's been five out. years since i've been robbed i should have <laughs> no well no just the usual pickpocket thing and you know um yeah i it, sure. it's you, you get a, just a different level of, of tolerance over there but yeah i i um was taking a lot of photos with my iphone of these beautiful works and had my earphones in which is basically you know complete over there. you shouldn't have your phone out you shouldn't have earphones in um and it was you know three o'clock in the afternoon i'd just done some physio with a friend in a, a nice neighborhood but you tend to have really poor neighborhoods right next to these uh nice neighborhoods and the, the this neighborhood had some awesome murals and stuff so i was you know taking photos of all these works and then yeah just got surrounded by three guys and um stupidly i wasn't going to give them my iphone and got into a fight because i thought you know i'm a bit bigger than those guys um, and then uh, one of the guys pulled a knife out and actually went to stab me in the stomach. Oh, that knife and I just, knife. I just instantly <laughs> grabbed it with my hand and it sliced, you know, like to the bone in my finger. And then I was like, no, have my phone. Like, seriously, you know, my the phone isn't worth my life. Oh my God. Um, and then they, they Shit. went away. Damn, man. Um, and that, yeah, so, and that's, that's not of, a knife. Here's a knife. That's what I was. <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't have a real knife in my back pocket, but um, I wish I had in that instance. But uh, you didn't go crocodile Dundee on him, right? No, no. Probably good that I didn't, because no, definitely you know, that was a smart thing. Knives. I mean, that was actually was, super was cool of them to just take your take your phone and just like yeah yeah it was stupid of me in the first place i was being an idiot my wife i got in a lot of trouble uh that night for doing that and um 
Uh, and yeah, I had to have surgery and stuff. And so now I can't, <clears throat> I find it really hard to cut for long periods of time now. Um, Shit. My, I can only feel, um, I feel this side of my finger, but not this side. That's the most important side anyway. Yeah. Um, but it's, oh, it's sort of, and also spraying as well. Sometimes it gets a bit fatigued as well, but you're going to use other fingers. But yeah, so I, I, I actually now I'm doing a bit of, I, get a bit laser do a bit of laser cutting as well which is sort of considered sacrilege in certain stencils oh dude fuck that i don't give a shit you know what i mean (laughs) it's it's a resource if you can be resourceful and use that as a tool to accomplish the look that you're going for i get nothing but respect for you you know yeah but then to me it's for me it's the actual uh the finished product is the main thing for me. I don't yeah, really that's care what I mean. how, how you do it. Um, you know, if you if you want to do it one way or, and I, I respect people who are purists and want to do it a certain way, that's cool. Um, but yeah, I, I just uh, do what I like to do and it doesn't matter how. I do. I, I cut my stencils as therapy for me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, some people are like, yeah. well, you know, I use a plotter and I'm like, so? That's yeah. great. It looks great. It looks, yeah. this actually looks better than some of mine. So you know, Definitely. I don't care. And now I'm doing quite a lot of large scale ones as well, which um, just take so fucking long to cut. It would do my brain in if I was. What kind of, um, what do you use uh, like poster board or what do you use paper? To- it's cool. It, uh, the stuff that I was using in Colombia, and, and if I do stuff, get stuff laser cut these days, I still use, it's called cartelina. It's sort of like a poster card um, because I was traveling so much with huge amounts of stencils. Like, you know, you're carrying like a hundred stencils. You'd have to roll nice. them up in your, in your backpack. Um, oh, and, man. you know, so you want to sort of be able to have them compact. If it was too thick, just get too heavy and bulky. Um, mm-hmm. I've even had a rolled up, uh, a pile of rolled up stencils in the cockpit of an aeroplane. Um, <laughs> Cause, cause uh, my wife was a flight attendant and um, I probably shouldn't talk about this one because it was post 9-11 as well and I was flying into New York in the cockpit of a plane whoa wow I probably probably said too much already so um no you're fine you know what I mean you know what you're 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 one of those guys like out there like doing it man like living the street art life man you're traveling you're eating you know what I mean you're taking your stencils you're going around the world and uh you know you know doing your art in different countries man like we love talking to guys like you because like this is what this podcast what different countries have you been to all together now oh i sort of lost uh, it was at i was at 70 at one point but on 17 no 70 Seven zero. <laughs> seven zero. Seven zero. Yeah, seven. Because that was one of my main loves for a long, for you know, for twenty years. I was I was traveling. So, um, for a good twelve years, that's all I did. I worked for three to six months and then traveled for for, for yeah, three to six months. Australians, you guys like how old are you? Just so our, our listeners, approximately how old are you? I'm forty five. Okay. Like yeah. son of a fucking bitch! Look at this guy. He looks like he could be 25, 26 or something like that. I've, I've got a, I've got a hat and a mask on, dude. I, I take. <laughs> but I know, I, dude. I'm looking at like your eyes. Oda. Look at my eyes. Look, you, you see the fucking bags and the shit going on here. Like you're looking, you're looking good. You're looking good, man. Fifty-two. Um, you know what I mean? So, you know, one thing about Australians, man, I feel like they always like get out and travel, man. It's so cool. Is it because, like, you know, I mean, what is there's just like that in, in it's the a culture. culture. It's a culture. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it is. It's man, so far just, away from everywhere americans um, what's our culture go, you have to keep going. yeah we're a bunch of wussies compared to australians dude i'm telling you 
No, I mean, like, I don't know. Whenever I go to the uh, music festival or even DJ, like, these places, there's, like, there's always Australians, like, at these, like, you know, you go to Coach. I always say, man, it's, like, when the Australians are coming, man, like, to the music festival, this festival's over, dude. Like, okay, because it, it's, like, <laughs> dude, some of the biggest surfers you, you in Hawaii, I mean? some of the biggest surfers in Hawaii, you know, for a while were Australians that, that came over. Mm, and yeah, kind of showed them they're how absolutely to. Absolutely everywhere. We're everywhere. We're sort of, we're, we infest every part of the world. Uh, <laughs> like I said, beautiful people, man. Like you, you know what I mean. Like uh, like I said, my theory is the you know ex ex prison colony thing, man. Like you know, beautiful yeah. people, man. <laughs> it's it's funny now though. It's sort of going the opposite. There's been a huge um, increase in young people getting married and having kids and buying houses. Like I, I'm working with these people who are like you know, 15, 20 years younger than me and, and they're getting married and having kids and buying houses. And I was like, holy shit, I was not, that wasn't even in my mind when I was mm. that age. Um, wow. But, you know, it's, I suppose it's because of the lockdown is, is you know, a lot of those people <clears throat> would be traveling yes. at that point. Um, but they would, you know, we're just like, okay, what are we supposed to do now for <laughs> getting on well, for like, you know, two and a half kinda, years. Kind of have kind of strict laws in terms of lockdowns. Um, we we talked to another guest. It's like you can't even like leave too far from your house and things like that, right? Um, that that's true, right, right Chris? Yeah, that was for a while. It's completely open now, so we okay. now it now it's back to normal pretty much. You know, there's certain limits on you know nightclubs and dancing and singing okay. and stuff. With, you know, people over a hundred or something. Um, but it's <laughs> gone basically pretty much fully open, okay. and we can we can actually travel now and go overseas and everything. Um, right. it's, Yep, you go. Yeah, I just want to also ask, you know, it's always curious to me because, like, you know, Americans, we love talking about, uh, like, guns here, man. You know, and in mm. Australia, like, you guys in, like, 1995, like, took, a, or 1996 or something like that, like, confiscated. Yeah. This is what we hear, you know you know what I mean? Like, could you tell well, us? There was, good, there was a good reason for that because we had our biggest uh, mass murder in Tasmania at that point. Some guy just went into a tourist um a tourist uh, site and just like you know killed uh, with I think semi-automatic weapons killed about 35 people uh, within a certain amount of hours and even though I hated the prime minister at that point but I think he you know he was strong in terms and it was bipartisan as well um, that they they completely stopped um, you know semi-automatic weapons or like I suppose it, it's very different for us because I don't see any reason why you'd need um, a weapon that you could kill like, you know, dozens of people within a certain uh, amount of minutes. Um, sure, if you're hunting or, you know, like I grew up in the country, so people had guns for, you know, foxes and, and vermin and things like that. Um, but I, you don't need a, you know, a semi-automatic. Well, I mean, like, you know that, you, you know, a, 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 that bad of a shot. Or a, ro yeah, a, a Vegas, rocket launcher. <laughs> that Vegas shooting, I mean, it happened, man. And, you know, it's basically get him. like, <laughs> Boom! Teaches the whole from the herd. redneck, redneck the Riviera man. He, he, he knows all about the guns, man. <laughs> yeah, I know a little bit about the guns. I was saying that that uh, you know, during that Vegas, I'm sure you heard of the Vegas, like uh, yeah, sure. uh, the paddock shooting. I mean, that was like yeah. similar kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's, I just wanted to know, like, how I guess how you guys thought about that because it's like I didn't I didn't know about that Tasmania thing, but it's like, hey, there was some action 
after this like mass tragedy you know what i mean and i don't yeah, know I, and i think that's the thing i just i didn't just look at america and it's sort of like hitting your head against a brick wall because nothing happens i suppose the national rifle association yeah, we're like i think we should do something <laughs> ah, we haven't done anything yeah what are we gonna <laughs> i don't know it's just the amount of people that die from guns i know it's very difficult now because um there's so many guns there um and it's just a completely different culture i think because of our populations a lot smaller and we don't have, it's a very different gun culture. Traditionally, it was more sort of rural. Sort well, of you know, there's also yeah. another good reason, I think, why there's not some kind of a better, it's kind of dark, but, you know, it may be true, who knows. Um, you know, we got a population explosion going on, you know, and... Uh, it's a good way of keeping it. <laughs> a bit of culling the herd. Culling and, into culling. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a tough way, but... Um, you know. Well, I, I was pretty surprised because I went to Texas, which is <laughs> talking of guns, um, and I uh, went to a festival. I got invited to Hue Fest in Houston, which was great. Um, and I think, yeah, street art festival um, that's Ooh. in Houston. Um, it's called Hue Fest, H-U-E Fest, okay. um, and mm. uh, it was really cool. And a friend of mine who lives there, I was staying at his house and we got onto the gun sort of um, conversation and he was like, oh, don't, don't, don't talk about it because <laughs> his flatmate was there. And he's going, oh, that. and we sort of were talking about it and we we're having a, 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 you know, a discussion about it. And he goes, oh, well, look at this. And he opens up his cupboard and he's like got two shotguns, a couple of handguns, you know, like, and I was, it was the most guns I've ever seen in my life of those type. <laughs> you know, I've seen a rifle here and there, but it was just like, oh my God. I was sort of like intrigued. a stockpile, basically. But also sort of a bit worried at the same time that, you know, I was sort of vehemently arguing against sort of, you know, uh, people needing the guns and, you know, why they needed it to protect. Yeah, themselves. man, we're we're crazy out here, man. I mean, to be honest, I, I was just, you know, I don't I don't, I, you know, I'm, I don't own any guns. And I, you know, frankly, I grew up in California. I mean, I, you know, I don't I'm not around a lot of guns. I know I have some friends. Yeah. Have guns. But uh, it's just like, you know, people are passionate about it. I always say, man, it was like, you know, they banned straws for like killing turtles. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. fuck, dude. I, I don't understand think, like, yeah, what's when, going when, on, man. Like, I, I'm I not saying like, it's so actually Teach and I had this like one little conversation and I told him to make a, a little plastic gun out of like straws. Yeah, he just has like a yeah, yeah. You know, just like an AK, an AK forty-seven out of right? uh, straws. And then the <laughs> amount, <laughs> the amount, of, the amount of people that just like automatically assume like banning guns is not the problem. You, you know that just commented yeah. on that. You know, people just have a different view on guns, man. I was just like, this is just a commentary on the state of of, yeah. <laughs> of laws right no, now. Yeah. A plastic straw I just, gun. For me, it's just, you know, when couples have arguments or fights and things like that, and, you know, the, and well, I think, uh, you know, the statistics show that, you know, a lot of deaths are due to people that you actually know or, you know, uh, domestic violence or whatever. If you've got like a gun in the house, <laughs> there's, you're more likely to have someone die than, you know, like, you know, a, a, a kitchen knife or something like that. It's all bad. But like, I think the more options you've got, the worse it is. Totally, um, totally. But yeah, yeah. it's it's a, it's a quite a passionate argument on both sides, I think. But yeah, I, I in Australia, like, I think, there is a bit of perception overseas at the moment that, you know, yeah, we've been sort of um, been locked down and all our freedoms have been taken away and all this sort of business. But um, yeah. a lot of people actually, you know, 
you know, think it's the right thing to do and uh, agree with, um, you know, trying to protect, you know, vulnerable people in our society. Um, you know, when I get vaccinated, it wasn't really getting vaccinated for myself. It was, you know, getting vaccinated for my parents or my grandmother who's in a nursing home or the, that percentage of people that, um, you know, who can't get vaccinated, who are, you know, going through cancer treatments or a transplant um, patients. Um, I work with someone who's had a, you know, double lung transplant. She, you know, they get vaccinated and their, their antibody levels drop, you know, hugely afterwards. So, you know, if they get COVID, they're fucked. So mm. it, it's more about protecting people um, and taking one for the team rather than, you know, me, 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 you know, I don't want to have this. I don't, it's, yeah, I yeah. don't particularly want to have a vaccine and feel shit for three days. But um, if it means, you know, helping someone else or, um, you know, uh, that's helping someone, a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think society sort of you can be judged on how they treat the disabled or vulnerable. Um, and uh, I think, you know, I I think a, that's I'm sorry, uh, Chris, I got a question for you. Do, um, do you ever uh, do you sell your work at all? Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, I've uh, mostly online now. Um, I usually through most of my work is through Instagram that I I sell now. People reach out to me, um, and that's why I sort of miss going overseas. I, I used to put up a lot of work in New York, and that's where I'd get a lot of people reaching out um, to get my works. Because uh, not only I don't just do stencil stuff, I also do uh, street sculptures as well. Um, because my father's sort of influence on sculpture, I started sculpting and then doing casting as well. Um, wow, what kind of uh, materials do you use for your P? Wow, that's awesome. Well, that one, yeah, that's um, my like samurai. Uh, well, it's, con it's actually the the concrete warrior. trooper. Yeah, the terracotta warrior with the with the um, trooper head and the blaster. Um, so that one's actually um, cast out of concrete, um, and then wow. I've used uh, a rust a metallic coating and then and then i accelerate the rusting um so it makes Concrete. that sort of cool how um, big is that it's about a meter high so and it's fucking Holy heavy shit. like it's, it's four like, feet that's like, about four feet high it's well, it's about probably three yeah it's about a meter high, yeah about three feet and it's it's bloody heavy so th that's why i made it because though a lot of my works get stolen um <laughs> There was actually a guy in New York who used to just follow my Instagram posts and like geolocate where my works were and steal them the fucking next day. Oh, <laughs> what a like, dick. And then he'd post them on like in his bedroom and stuff. And I was like, dude, you know, oh. I know shit gets stolen, but at least leave it up for a couple of, couple yeah. of weeks. But with these bad boys. Just let it ride for a little while at <laughs> yeah, least. For sure. But these guys wow. are so fucking heavy. You can't really like run off with one of these and to actually get it off, it pretty much self-destructs and you know, the head will Right, come yeah. Unless you need you're a, a badass. Or <laughs> Those are so uh, fucking cool, man. So I just sort of drive up with them back of my, have them in the back of my car and then, you know, pull them out and put them there. And I use a really strong uh, tiling cement that they use on tiles that go on sort of skyscrapers and stuff. Yes, so, um, smart. Is, is it yeah. a brand name? I'm sure a lot of people would love to know like what... It's, uh, it's, I can't, off the top of my head, I can't, but it's actually made over here in Australia. It's like some... It's pretty toxic stuff, but it's a two-part, you know, mix. <laughs> Usually that, hey, that's the stuff that works well. <laughs> the 2K yeah. system, the, the cross-linking yeah. 2K system, guys. I yeah. know a lot and of people work it up and it's a paste and then you slap it on there and then, yeah, it works really well. Um, but yeah, I usually use epoxy resins and things like that with my smaller work. So yeah, I do these like masks as well. So the bling, um, uh, 
Vader masks and stuff like that. So you can see, I, I do love my Star Wars. So I do these sort of mashups. Um, do you like Star the new Star Wars, man? Uh, or do you, uh, like after Disney took over? Or how do you feel about it? I've, I've loved the Mandalorian. Um, I've enjoyed that. Um, some of it, some of the, uh, in the book of Boba Fett, some of the stuff I've seen recently, it's sort of a bit Disney-ish. Um, but yeah, it, it's because I grew up, you know, in the time of um, Return of the Jedi and stuff like that, the originals, um, uh, it's sort of the expect, I try not to have too much expectation because you'll always <laughs> be disappointed otherwise. Um, but even when I go back and watch the original film, sometimes you're like, you know, what the fuck, like, um, you, you have this view, this amazing view of it. Um, but, you know, it, it's always different when you look back at it. Um, <laughs> as a kid, um, you you sort of, you, it's it's a new world for you. So, you know, I, uh, my, some of my friends worked on the prequels when they were filmed over in Australia, and that was cool because I actually got to go on set and check out the spaceships. And, and wow. uh, you know, were you the, a Jar Jar Binks I, fan, man, or were you not? Uh, no, no, I fucking hate <laughs> I feel sorry for the actor. I feel sorry for the actor because I don't think he got many roles after that poor guy. Um. <laughs> yeah, you know, I remember that coming out. I really enjoyed out of the prequels the uh, the third one, man, because it, it connected like the the two series of the prequels yeah. it, like really well. But I remember that first one; it was kind of like it was kind of star warsy but like i said it felt like yeah. a different kind of world you know what i mean but yeah if you remember george lucas was responsible i mean he was you know in the creative process of that too so i mean sure. people a lot of people are always like oh george lucas wouldn't have done this it's like hey man look yeah you, you, no, you know he, he gave us jar jar binks actually <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> unfortunately um i actually went to a rap party um there and i was off my face and i actually ran into george lucas and said thank you for my childhood and shook his hand oh, um that's and awesome. he was oh my god get away, get away you drunken fiend and um <laughs> but no it was, it was great uh, meeting one of my um idols um not that i can remember it much but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was good fun um you know what there's a lot of yeah no there's a lot Sorry, of cool but... little stencils you have man and I, I just love these little ones that um you know they're probably they pop pop on the street it's two guys boxing and it's like one of the heads is like a social media facebook and the other one's like yeah. instagram or you'll have one that's like an apple and a microsoft you know you know what i mean yeah. these are kind of like uh, like the ones that i love seeing when you travel man like it, you know you're like nobody nobody really asked for this piece of art but you know i i like it you, you know you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's my um yeah i made a series called corporate fighters um and it's funny with this one because at the time when i did it they were separate companies but i think um facebook bought instagram and stuff so yep. then they're, oh, won, they're, the same, they're the same fighter why are they fighting each other and shit like that um <laughs> But yeah, so I did all these corporations fighting each other because, um, you know, in the corporate world, there's always there's this vicious sort of world of, of fighting. So and they're, and they're perfect size to go traveling with as well. So I just have them in a little sort of little case, basically, um, and just have the cans in my pocket and I just whip them out anywhere uh, and you can, you know, put them up in seconds, really. Yeah, um, man, that, that, they're perfect. So I love I love the bombing side as well. And, you know, stencils tend you you know that it was more like you go out tagging and stuff so this was my sort of form of tagging was to go out bombing with these bombing stencils and i still do that to this day i've always i've always got a pack in the car uh, and i jump out and nice. put those up um so yeah I, I get bored quite easily so i tend to like to do different media and formats a lot so you know paste Me up too. 
it's cool that you um, have so many styles to... man i mean like i would never think like it's just like you know the, those same artists and like this is just like it's like a different vibe you, you know what i mean and the sculptures and everything like that it's just like uh, it's cool because um you know like i said some people just do one thing and they just do it well yeah and, and i suppose it's self, like doing one thing you got that familiarity i suppose that sort of side that side of sort of imprinting on people um you know if they do things over and over it's more recognizable so it probably goes against me doing so a diverse thing but i don't care i do what i like and what i what i have fun with um and i'd get bored and you got my respect my man <laughs> actually i know I know you teach through um through uh adam through um smile south central um, oh yeah yeah so i heard of you through him um because he actually helped me out a few times every time i go to la now i actually stay at his mum and dad's place in um south central which is which has been fun oh, wow. um because so, nice. i think uh you've worked with him a couple of times as well he was saying um, also did a cut a stencil of him <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's right because he had it on his phone there for a while um, yeah. and, and he'd show me uh, when he because he'd take me out to la and 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 do some bombing and stuff as well and he'd show me oh that's me that's a stencil of me that teach did um <laughs> so yeah I, i've done a lot of work with him um i love that guy man adam's one of my beautiful. favorite guys in all of la man what a great yeah, guy. he's lovely yeah he's really good and what he's doing with that small south central thing is that project is is awesome um yeah, so i've absolutely. always loved going over there and, and doing some works in that part of the the city um i always love it when i was getting like ubers from that part of town and they were just like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> what are you doing um you know some white aussie guy uh jumping in and over there or the local stores and they were like you know what's going on here? uh what, what, what are you doing in this part of town and i was like oh i'm just staying here doing some painting and stuff um but yeah i, I loved hanging out in that area when you come to LA, do you realize you're like, wow, this is like really segregated, huh? <laughs> you're like, across this line, you're like, oh, this is where all the black people live. Are you go here and it's, oh, this is where all the Asian people live. Hmm, I wonder if that's well, Adam was uh, amazing because he bizarre. drove me, he drove me over the whole city, man. He, 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 he like it's it's awesome and he took me to all the good spots and uh everywhere so it's just amazing how spread out that that city is it was like yeah we're just going to drive over here it won't take too long an hour later you're still driving on the highways getting there yeah man in city. la it's weird it's like if you want and it can, that can happen any time of day or yeah. night yeah or morning anytime it yeah. can happen anytime yeah, I always laugh over here when people talk about traffic. They go, oh, yeah, the traffic's really bad. And I'm like, uh, it's cute. Not really, not really <laughs> relative to like LA or Bogota or London. Like, oh, man, my Bog beer. You know what I'll tell you? Bogota <laughs> is actually on the that that main strip. Um, it, it, oh, that, that is on yeah. a different level of traffic as well. Too. And actually, I, I always say the story about Bogota. It's like that was the only place in the world I've traveled to that every single time a homeless person comes up to a taxi, you give them money every single time you know you know what yeah. i mean i was like because they don't want the retaliation from oh no the, they'll, take, they'll they'll rip your side mirrors off if if they, you don't give them money <laughs> yeah i'm just saying yeah it's like you don't fuck world, around. You know i mean it's like if, if some like person in la comes up to you ask you money you just roll a lot of people just roll up their windows you, you know they don't they don't yeah. have but you don't do that in, in bogota you, you, nah. you know what i mean it's like 
no, that's just asking for a uh, uh, something, man. So anyway, that that's yeah. what I always remember about Bogota. And also in Bogota, it's only half the cars are on the road at a time. They have a thing called plicker placker, so odds and even number plates because the, there's just too many cars. So wow. from Monday oh, to Friday, shit. they can't actually have all the cars on the road, or you wouldn't actually get anywhere. So it's like half the cars, <laughs> half the cars are on the road, and it's still oh my god. Out hours to get anywhere no one follows it's sort of like organized chaos no one sort of follows <sighs> any rules like the intersections everyone's trying to cross over even when it's red and it's like I didn't it's, actually... it's like that game where there's only one square missing and you got to move everything around <laughs> yeah it's just, <laughs> it's, 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 i didn't that's actually what comes drive, to mind for drive me. over there because i would probably actually end up killing someone just from frustration so <laughs> it's just better for me to sit in the back of a taxi or ride a bike or oh dude uh, it took me or... doing transcendental meditation before i got control of my <laughs> my temper at one point i think it was within about two or three months i jumped out of my car five times yeah it's very good yeah Beat someone up kill them whatever it took like i was really really not in a good no. place but uh transcendental meditation definitely... really really helped oh, okay <laughs> yeah maybe i should start that because uh it's definitely not worth it um especially in no. a place like that um but yeah no it's it's uh, colombia is an i hate sort of talking about these extreme sort of things in colombia because colombia is an, an amazing place it's one of the most beautiful places i lived in People are uh, so cool. it's a place of extremes like just because you've got the andes and then the pacific coast with you know it's awesome beaches and jungles and stuff and then the caribbean coast as well and then you've got the the amazon rainforest also it's just mm. so diverse in terms of its its uh, nature and people as well and the music's amazing and the the people are lovely they're so welcome yeah, definitely and friendly because cool well. i think they get it's get such a bad rap um colombia unfortunately in terms of you know the war and drugs i hear they have good drugs <laughs> yeah and my my wife fucking hates you know she used to hate it with being a flight attendant she'd get to the you know in new york or something and yeah the tax of the first thing you know they say they're colombian they're like oh so how's the coke you know my wife has never tried coke in a whole life if anything it's 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 the reason it's sort of destroyed the country in a lot of ways um yeah. in terms of you know the you know the the generation of money and all that and exploitation etc um so yeah it's there's a lot of those cliches i suppose you know in australia it's not so bad because you just get the you know crocodile dundee cliches and koalas and all this sort of shit it's which no, we've no. uh done on this show actually <laughs> well, hey, Chris, during this episode what? as a matter of fact I, I know that you know you're here in la every once in a while man next time you're yep. here we'd love to just get together with you and grab some beers oh, and then maybe maybe just like also have smile Cell central uh together and maybe we can do yeah. an in-person episode like crack some beers be or something like that yeah man. definitely let's but, do that Sure. I know you got to uh, pick up your daughter from school, man. So, uh, so yeah, uh, you, you know, we don't, we don't want to lifestyle. <laughs> Dude, so, I'm like... right there with you, man. You just have one, right? No, I've got two. Two. I've got to pick up the other one from daycare. So, um, oh no, I'm sorry. Well, how old are they? The different ages. Well, uh, one's nine, and the others uh, three. So, two daughters. You did it the right way, my friend. Trust me. If you're going to have <laughs> two, twins. don't have them at the same time. Okay. Well, some people say it's better to get it over and done with, but yeah, we sort of spread it out a bit. But you know, uh, maybe yeah. if it's two girls or two boys or something like that, but a boy and a girl like I have. 
Yeah, no, we, we, my first one was born in Colombia and then we sort of gave it a bit of a rest because yeah, to be honest, we thought about having another one. I was just like, no, we're too exhausted with just one. And then when we got back to Australia, we uh, had Miller, our, our second one. So no, it's all good. It's cool. Uh, you know, we, we have a very um, uh, multilingual household. So they're both, nice. their first language is a Spanish. So they all talk Spanish together and, and Sweet. I, I the English with them. So um, it, it they're going to be, be grateful for that later in life, man. Yeah, well, yeah, no, definitely. I, I sort of wish my um, dad, because he was born in Hong Kong and um, he actually knew some Cantonese, <laughs> but he never actually taught me any. I was like, dude. You know, um, I actually have a I have a perfect segue and this is a good way to end the show. But uh, first of all, I, I would love to, uh, like I said, when you come to L.A., please hang up. So, Teach, you said sure. earlier a boy and a girl, right? Basically, we're talking, you know, um, it's not so good, right? But Chinese people, we think differently, actually. Since it's Chinese New Year, I wanted to give you a real quick lesson. Lesson. This yep. is the this is the uh, character for girl, and this is the character for uh, a son, daughter and son. So together, it means is actually the character for good, actually. So oh, in Chinese people, like people people uh, believe that having a son and a daughter is good, actually. So uh, there's a little Chinese at the same movie. time. Yeah, at the same time, basically. <laughs> well, not, I don't know about the same time, but uh, you, you know, like I said, this is uh, ancient Chinese knowledge, man. So you know, we yeah. learned a bit a little bit of uh, Chinese today as well, too, man. For uh, yeah, Chinese well, you have the boy so that you can appreciate having the girl. <laughs> <laughs> you know who Daddy's favorite is. <laughs> Just kidding. But hey, Chris, thank you so much for joining us today no man. problem my pleasure We're happy we got finally got you on man and like i said uh next time come to la let's hang out crack a beer and uh go, drop your social one more time man for uh your instagram so it's, where people can buy your stuff uh, crisp street art so crisp street art all in one so thank you very much guys it's been a pleasure and look forward to meeting you in person one day awesome man. absolutely thank you man so much look for forward to it dude all the best, guys love your show we keep uh, it up Thank you, man. All right. And for the audience, uh, follow us at PGTV Show. Leave us a review on iTunes. Thank you very much for hanging out with, it, with us today. Love you guys. Take care and peace. Peace, peace out. Cheers. Bye-bye. Andy.